When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, salut tout le monde, Marc Dumont here, I am your host tonight. The game is over and the Montreal Canadiens enter the holiday break on a on a pretty fun note. So we have a lot to talk about, obviously that top line is, is rolling, but uh, how about Josh Anderson? So hot right now, so hot right now. We have a great guest tonight, one of our uh, favorite people on the show, we have Matt. Matt Drake is right here, so he'll be joining us to talk about all things Habs as per usual. And um, if you haven't had a chance yet... Make sure to follow him on Twitter. That's DrakeMT. So we'll throw that in the chat. We'll get going in just one moment. But before all this starts, first of all, I see we have plenty of people in the chat. And we'll, we'll make this announcement a little later. But we have something cool that's going to happen with a, the World Juniors. So Game Over is going to go live after every Team Canada game during the holidays. So you can watch, for everyone that's an Owen Beck fan, you can make sure to uh, tune in there. Owen Beck scored two goals in the preliminary game versus Switzerland. Beautiful shorthanded goal. Go check it out. Uh, should be a fun team. Maybe a little less fun without Macklin Celebrini if he has to miss some time. But Game Over will be covering the World Juniors. So join us. It'll be fun. We'll have a just a ton of fun. And, you know, we get to have a lot of fun when we're talking about countries. So um, we can also watch... Lane Hudson and Jacob Fowler when they play Canada. So I don't know who you're going to cheer for then, but uh, we will be all over the game, the game over coverage for the World Juniors Tournament. Before we get going, though, after that announcement, now I have to do my spiel. Um, you got to hit the like button. No, you don't have to, but I really appreciate it. Uh, and share, subscribe. We're so close to reaching a, uh, a what is it? It's 100,000 followers. So once that happens, we get to branch out into tons of different things in YouTube. So if you can share the clips, all that fun stuff on social media, I appreciate all of you because you're here every night and that's why I love you. So I'm counting on you guys to do just even more work, which is unreasonable. But since you're so great, I'm going to push it a little bit. And as per usual, we say, hi, Claire. How's it going? Matt Drake coming in live. Nouveau-Brunswick. How's it going, buddy? Yes, sir. Good. How are you? I can't complain. I'll tell you something. I saw the Habs start flat. Like, there's there's two Habs teams, right? There's one that comes out just firing on all cylinders, and there's another one that looks like it was cryogenically frozen the night before. You know what I mean? The Habs looked like they were that frozen team today, but that we're starting to see a team that's showing a lot of metal when they're down, right, Matt? Like, that was, what, how many comebacks have they had this year? Well, that's that's two in a row now, which is pretty impressive. You know, the compete levels there when they when they go down, that's when they play their best. It's when they have a two goal lead that that stat drove me nuts. Uh, it was from uh, Michael Blake McCurdy. If anybody doesn't uh, subscribe to his uh, ineffective uh, math sub stack, ineffective math on Twitter. Yeah, he's got some great charts and he's got a chart that shows how bad they are when they're down two goals. 
Like they stop playing altogether as soon as they go down or as soon as they go up two goals, rather when they're down, uh, they, they play great. And uh, I do like that compete level. I think they need to correct that problem that they have when they get a, a lead, but it, it's, it's fun to see them make those comebacks. That's two in a row. And you, you touched on something important there. The start, it's like at the start of games, they can't hit the net. It doesn't matter how much possession they have. They could be dominating possession. Um, in, in this game, I think the, the Blackhawks in the first 10 minutes maybe had the puck on their sticks for two, two and a half minutes tops, and the Habs had three shots. And it's, you know, how's that possible? Well, they're getting blocked and they're missing the net. And then I feel like they go into this funk where they start trying to make too many passes and trying to get that perfect shot where you mm-hmm. can't miss, and uh, and they never find it. And uh, so it, it, it leads to a low event start to the game, but... You know, I, I like the way they overcame that and and got back into this one. So uh, you got to give them some credit. But, yeah, they, they, they do need to address that a little bit because the inability to hit the net in the first 10 minutes was uh, whew, it, it was something. Now, the Blackhawks, and this was so important. If we go back, there was, first of all, the save by Caden Primo on this play was actually really nice. But then the Blackhawks had a perfect opportunity to score. That save by Jaden Struble might have saved the game for the Montreal Canadiens, didn't it? Yeah, if he doesn't get back there and, uh, and and recognize that play and get in behind his goaltender, um, it, it could have gone a very different way. Uh, you know, I was I was saying in the EOTP Slack chat during the game, like this one might get away from them. Um, we saw, I, I don't know, last night I was watching the Leafs uh, and, and they had a game really get away from them. And they could have been in the same situation like that because, you know, you're going into the holidays. These guys can probably smell their vacation. It's not a long vacation, but they've gotten to the 28th off. You know, you go down, you go down three, nothing. They might all just pack in and just, uh, you know, mail in the rest of the game. Yep. Because I mean, if you're, if you're down three nil, it's, it's tough to come back from that. I mean, two, two goal leads, the worst lead in hockey, three goal lead. Yeah. You usually feel pretty safe with that one. So um, I, I think that was a huge play and uh, really a, a good continuation of excellent defensive play from Jaden Struble. He's made some textbook plays. There was one, uh, I think it was uh, Davidson that was coming down on him. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was coming down on the right wing anyways, and uh, he kind of got beat, but he was able to adjust and then mm-hmm. get in and put the body on him and uh, ride him into the corner, take the puck and send it the other way. He's been making plays that are well beyond his years. And uh, I, I think the Laval Rocket, if they're expecting to have him back at any point, nope. they might be sorely disappointed because I don't think he's going back to the AHL anytime soon, if at all. When I used to cover the Laval Rocket, what, I, what you would notice when the players are starting to do well, the nameplates would disappear. Like when they're playing well in the NHL. <laughs> and, and if I'm the equipment manager, I think tonight I go and I peel off the Jaden Struble nameplate there because I'm with you, Matt. It's you, you, What you pointed out there was so important. This is his 15th game in the NHL. And yep. you could arguably say, I'm not saying he's the best defenseman, but he's probably the most reliable defenseman right now. And that says a lot for a guy who, who has kept it simple. And what we saw tonight, okay, this is the other part of Jaden Struble's game. He is strong. He is he, he, he could be a very mean, mean man, and we weren't seeing <laughs> it at first. But now that he's a little more comfortable, I mean, we saw what he was giving up four inches to, to Entwistle and probably 40 pounds and, and tossed him around. So there's that side of Jaden Struble's game, which is very, very impressive, as well as his physical physical prowess. When I used to speak to, um, was it Jim Madigan used to run the Northeastern uh, program. He was a hockey coach, so now he's doing all of the sports. And I said, like, I asked him, is this guy really as built as people are saying? And he was saying, no, 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 he's a specimen. If you wanted to keep one human being to show everyone else, it would be Jaden Struble because he's so darn strong. So we're starting to see him become comfortable. We're starting to see him bring out the physical game. 
I have to say I am so impressed by Jaden Struble. And, I mean, we can get the impressions from the chat, which, by the way, they're going off on, on, on your look right now. They're loving it. Um, but I, I, I'm i with you. Really? You can't get him down to the HL. Okay, yeah. So we're going to we're gonna go back because the chat is loving it. So um, Trizak says, why does Matt look like he's not going to let me in the club? So you're bouncing on that one. Um what else do we have here? Uh, <laughs> Mike Fisher says, Matt be like, welcome to the salty Splatoon. How tough are ye? Um, Matt, the team one, um, please smile before they start to think you're here for the lunch money. That's the thing. Matt is actually one of the nicest guys I know. So uh, the, the look might be a little scary, but he's very nice. And then um, Trizak says, you look like you're about to be beat up by Batman at a Gotham shipyard. <laughs> which one of those do you uh oh yeah and then king in the north you're gonna hand out suspensions in the chat matt peros i don't know man i don't know which one of those i think i like the uh the gotham you're gonna get beat up by batman i'd say that's a good one well you know i i think batman probably would take me out i, I think i have a tough time against him uh i'd have a tough time against george peros too if we're being completely honest but um you know i'd, I'd probably give it a go at the very least somebody said hey you're gonna fight batman tonight i'd, I'd at least try it Right? You're not going to say no to that. I just um, make I mean, sure you know you his lose, mom's name, right? As long as you yell yeah, out his yeah, mom's name, <laughs> you're good to go. If anyone hasn't seen it, uh, uh, during the cup run, um, me and Matt were both working essentially at the Bell Center. And um, I came out and I go to meet him and he's standing beside Georges Larac. And he was actually like, they're both sitting there like this. And then I was, I was noticing Matt had bigger arms than Georges Larac. Now, I'm not saying that he could beat up Josh Lachak. <laughs> but he had bigger arms, so if you want to see that, go to his uh, Twitter feed. Um, we're going to move on to the top line, because I want to talk about Slavkovsky. But in the third segment, what we're going to do is we're going to ask for Christmas gifts for Habs players. So if you have something you'd like the Habs player to get, like, for example, maybe Cole Caulfield to get his shooting luck back, throw that in the chat, and, <laughs> uh, and we'll discuss that in the third segment. Matt. Has Uri Slavkovsky arrived? Um, I'm hesitant to say arrived, but I'll, I'll tell you what. I think there was, I don't know when it was, but I think there was a day in November, right? And I'm not sure exactly what day it was, but I think he woke up one morning and he went, oh shit, I'm, I'm six foot four and I'm, I'm 235 pounds. And that's bigger than most players in the NHL. Yeah. Really? And then he went, all right, well, I'm going to play like it. And uh, it's been refreshing. His net front, I tweeted this out earlier, his net front play this year Excellent. has been miles better than anything he was doing last year. He's winning body position regularly. And it's leading to some greasy goals. Like the one he got tonight was, that's a greasy goal, but they don't ask how, they ask how many. And you know what? If he ends up developing into, you know, say a 30-goal scorer and, and a lot of them end up being greasy goals like that, nobody's going to complain. No Habs fan is going to have a negative thing to say about it because you know what? You need guys like that uh, that can be that physical presence. And he is uh, a breath of fresh air on that uh, Caulfield and Suzuki line because, you know, they've tried Josh Anderson there. Josh Anderson is a bigger body that can crash and bang a little bit. He can forecheck. Uh, it hasn't really worked. It's worked in spurts. You know, he, uh, Josh Anderson ended up with a two-goal game against the Lightning in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of people at that point thought, well, maybe he's the guy to work with those two. And it hasn't worked consistently. They put Slavkovsky there earlier in the season, and it, and it worked a little bit, but then they broke it up. And now they've gone back to it, and now it's it's been fantastic. Um, I think 
who was it? Was it Jay Fresh on Twitter that tweeted it out recently that said they're, they're top 10 in the league for expected goals for? Um, they've been playing fantastic hockey, mm-hmm. and he's a big part of that because his forechecking has been great. He's turning pucks over, and when he's not turning pucks over, he's getting to the net, getting body position, and just wreaking havoc, making it hard for the goalie to see. And if the puck comes to him, he's very good at locating it and putting it into the net. So um, has he arrived? Again, big roundabout way to get back to that question. I'm hesitant to say he's arrived. But he's certainly on his way to, to the destination that people wanted him to get to. And that is, you know, a, a legitimate big body power forward uh, that can forecheck and that can get goals uh, in those dirty areas. So it's 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 great to see. I think all Habs fans should be excited about what we're what we're getting out of him right now. I, I agree 100%. And then we're going to say hello to Randy, who just joined the chat. We have all, all our favorites are here, too, though. We got Kay, we got Trezak, we got Melissa. Uh, Frédéric is here. Dominique Legault is here. So thank you to everyone that joined the chat. If you can toss us a quick like, that would be appreciated. For everyone that missed it at the start of the show, we're going to have a game over after every Team Canada game this year. So that's going to be really fun. After Owen Beck climbs his way up the lineup, we're going to be coming to you live for the World Juniors, so that's exciting too. I think the most important thing you mentioned there, Matt, and I love the net front presence, is the forecheck. If we've looked at the last two Nick Suzuki goals, it's been intense forecheck by Slavkovsky. Cole Caulfield's last goal, intense forecheck by Slavkovsky. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who's kind of finding himself in the NHL, right? And there's still like a we, we can't get too excited. That's why I like that you, you brought it down a little bit. Still on pace for about 25 points this year. But we're seeing huge, huge steps, huge levels of development where he's gone from just this year to the start of the season looking like maybe this was a, a bit of a mistake to keep him in the NHL to now it looks like he belongs. So, you know, as we always mention, development isn't linear. I argued for him being in the AHL. But right now, that argument is completely thrown aside because you can't can't justify him ever going back to the HL if he keeps playing like this we're talking about 75 percent control of chances in the last three games that's what you want from your top line and the most important part is that they're finally scoring Matt because you know just like I it's good to have good underlying numbers but you got to score so these goals should it it rewards Martin St. Louis trust and there was something that really really important that happened when the Habs were considering sending uh, Slavkovsky to the AHL Martin Saint-Louis is the one that came in and said, I want him in the NHL. So the head coach is the one that, that, that objected, essentially. And with that, he got promoted to that top line. So it was this close to doing, going the AHL route. Um, but Martin Saint-Louis kind of stepped in for his player there. And the most important part is not stepping in. It's putting him on that top line. Uh, you know, So far, we're seeing just from night to night an emergence for Yuri Slavkovsky. And that's just all sorts of encouraging uh as frederic wallet mentions slaf is getting pucks like i'm getting chicken balls at the chinese buffet i'm telling you right now the ribs are where it's at at the chinese buffet okay like the chicken balls mediocre not, not so great what's your favorite chinese food matt real quick favorite chinese food uh, i haven't had chinese food in a while but uh, back in the day i used to go to the mandarin a lot in uh, st Catharines, ontario so yeah okay uh, i used to go to mandarin the, Ogilvy. the mandarin's got to be up there i used to go to mandarin ogilvy mm-hmm. in ottawa okay i knew the owners i love them some personally but I, I i'm down for any kind of fried rice any kind of fried rice is great okay so moving on from safkovsky we're gonna stay within that line i think nick suzuki this is and i'm gonna write about it tomorrow but i feel like this is him emerging as i don't want to say elite player matt because i i feel like that comes with so many so much baggage right 
But we're seeing a guy this year that's not only producing, but his underlying numbers are, are going up there. He's leading the Habs in shot share. He's leading the Habs in expected goals. He's scored his 10th goal tonight. He is one of the leaders in the entire NHL for assists that lead to scoring chances. They don't always capitalize on them, but he's being fantastic in terms of a playmaker. What's your read on Nick Suzuki this year? Yeah, I think elite in terms of intelligence, at the very least. Like, he's one of the elite, you know, thinkers of, of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see him go into board battles sometimes where you think he's behind the play. Like, you think he's late uh, or you think he's overmatched. And somehow he comes out with the puck. It, it doesn't it, – it sometimes doesn't even make sense. But then when you see the slowed down replays, you can see – how he's he's taking a, a smarter route to, to he's, the he's evaluating he's, before he's, he goes in yeah he's getting himself in a position where he knows he can get that stick lift in um uh, but he, maybe he knows he's overmatched and he goes all right this guy's bigger than me so what i'm going to do is instead of just like you know charging in there and, and putting the body on him i'm going to come around this side and i'm going to get my stick up under his stick and i'm going to take that puck and it's it you know is he elite Overall in the NHL right now, I, I don't think anybody could really make that argument. But again, elite in terms of the way that he thinks the game, and it's going to lead to more points. Like you said, um, and the fact that he's got the most assists that lead to scoring chances, eventually that line right now is is playing so well, and we're just now starting to see them get the, the points to come with it. It's only been in the last couple of games mm-hmm. where those points have been coming along. I think the longer that he keeps them together, Matthias St. Louis that is, the longer that he keeps them together and lets them keep developing that chemistry, uh, we're going to see an explosion. And I, I think it's coming. I, I think we're on the cusp of it. And we're, we're starting to see the beginning here where they're, they're starting to pile up the points a little bit. It's going to be maybe on the other side of the Christmas break. We'll, we, we might see that explosion come. And, and that's where towards the end of the season, we might be able to start having that conversation about whether or not he's elite leading into next year. Right. Give them another offseason, um, give them a, a full training camp to work together and then give them an actual full season where they're mm-hmm. all playing together as a unit. Uh, and, and we'll see if, if Nick Suzuki can really enter that conversation for elite player in the NHL. But um, I, I do have to say I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. I think it's entirely possible we see another career high from him this year, yeah. which in this season where they've been relying so heavily on their defense to generate points for them, uh, I think is a huge win for, for the Habs. Uh, he's playing great hockey. Leave them be. Leave that line together because that, that's that's some of the best hockey that we're seeing right now is when those guys are on the ice together. When, and you hit the nail on the head to leave them be because at one point Nick Suzuki, after a game, it was I think it was after their sixth game together, good, good underlying numbers again. Like, yeah, that's great, but they weren't mm-hmm. scoring. And Nick Suzuki specifically mentioned in the interviews like i really hope they keep us together you know and i've never seen him say that before about a line so i think he's happy to yeah, to not have to drag a couple guys right and and, and the other part too is that <laughs> it, cole caulfield isn't necessarily playing his best hockey either so there's still room for improvement on that line as well mm-hmm. right so uh, all in all i think this is nick suzuki's emergence as just uh you know I, I hate to say this because a lot of people will think it's an insult, but he's really like a, a better version of Saku Koivu. And for those that saw Saku Koivu in his prime, um, when he was leading the NHL right in scoring, right before he got his knee blown up, he was a very, very good player. So we're seeing Suzuki, you know, drive the play, be very good defensively. And it's just, it's kind of what um, we saw in him a couple of years ago, but those underlying numbers weren't great. Now they're up there. So it's just beyond encouraging for that top line. Um 
Yes, Dominique Legault says, would like to see Nick, Doc, and Sean as their top three centers. Well, that's the thing, Dominique. I, I, I agree. That's fun. Um, Sean Monaghan's got to be gone this year. I, I like, okay, maybe I'm going to ask you this then, Matt, because I'm still going with the idea that the Habs aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, is Do you think it's like realistic? Because I hate to throw some cold water on it, but the, they're still a bottom five team for expected goals. They're really getting floated by good goaltenders. Let's be perfectly honest. They have three goaltenders among the top 32 in goals saved above expected. Should we start to just forget that and just enjoy the hockey and say, fuck it, we're going to go go for the playoffs right now? Is that the way they should be approaching this? I, I think they have to let the chips fall where they may, right? I think they need to, uh, you know, play out up until the deadline and, and see where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were, and I, I'm with you, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they were in a wild card spot, when the deadline comes right they're they're firmly in a wild card spot not i'm not talking like five points out and they're they're trying to chase their way in i'm talking they're firmly in a wild card spot maybe number one even um then at that point you could say all right let's hang on to a guy like sean monaghan right he's on a super cheap contract Um, he's uh it would be extremely valuable to any team Mm -hmm. that's that's trying to go for it versatile so versatile Uh, i can't yeah, I can't think of uh, a contending team that wouldn't be able to use well, a Sean Monaghan. Not, not the least. Play did the you, wing, you can play did you, center. Did you hear on the Maple Leaf hot stove or whatever it was? They were debating between Domi and Monaghan, and they're like, no, no, Monaghan can't play. We want Max Domi. <laughs> Sean Monaghan has the same no. amount of shorthanded goals as Max Domi has goals this year. So, But apparently the Leafs can't use him. <laughs> well... <laughs> There are some Leafs fans that tend to overrate their players just a, a, a tad. Um, Sean Monaghan is significantly better than Max Domi. Yeah, um, like it's... If, 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 you, if you gave me a choice, and uh, Max Domi had, had a, a fun time. He was a fun player to watch. He was really good well, when he played for the house. I'm, I'm Very good. I'm taking Sean Monaghan every day and twice on Sundays. Okay. Um, they, they, would be, <laughs> they would actually be a very good team. For him to land with because they could use a little bit more defensive responsibility and he brings that um but to to, to think the Habs are going to make the playoffs is kind of wild to me I, I think they've got a very uphill battle you know they're only a couple of points or i think maybe this win might have put them past Detroit. well i'm looking even. right now they're um, um one point behind detroit and carolina's the last one okay carolina has 38 points in the same amount of games the Habs have 35 points so they're essentially uh-huh. three points back of the capitals and the hurricanes yeah, and all of those teams have more firepower, so it's hard to see them Plus keeping Pittsburgh's pace with there, those teams. The Devils are there below them. Uh, yeah, Sabers and, and Sabers have have to, have to be good eventually, right? Like <laughs> they should. The Sens um, have to be good eventually. They, they, maybe the, the Sabers were sure pretty. Uh, they, they were pretty good last night, weren't they? Uh, they, <laughs> they beat somebody in nine the, to three. Nine to three. Uh, also, they converted was. the uh, the two point. The conversion and they got a, a rouge after because we're playing with cfs that's right here. yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah the, the, the habs in the playoffs i, I honestly I'm, I'm a habs fan you know i, I bleed bleu, bleu blanc rouge mm-hmm. uh have my entire life i would love nothing more than to see them in the playoffs i don't care if they're underdogs we saw what happened before when they made the playoffs when they were underdogs it's and fun. they had good goaltending anything can happen it's fun and it uh it, it's a different level of of the sport that we love but 
we got to be realistic. This team is still rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably looking at, uh, at at moving some of these guys. Yeah. And I don't think, unless they're firmly in a playoff spot when the deadline rolls around, that they're going to avoid making some of these trades. I think Sean Monaghan is a clear candidate. Uh, he he kind of has to go, mm-hmm. and that's nothing against him. It's just because he's going to get he's going to get you a good return. Um, if he's healthy and he's doing what he's doing right now because he's cheap and there's no second year to that contract. I also think David Savard uh, is playing his way into that conversation as well because he's got championship experience. Um, He comes at a pretty reasonable price tag. Um, He does have another year left on his deal, but the cap's going to jump next year. And by the time the deadline rolls around, his cap hit's going to be negligible. So that team, whoever wants to get a guy like David Savard on their roster, they're not going to have to worry too much about it because it's going to be a negligible cap hit for this year. And then next year, it's going to jump. So you've got time to figure that situation out. So I think he might be gone as well. And I think a goaltender is gone. Um, Personally, if if I had my pick, I'd I'd say send Jake Allen first. I'd like to kind of hang on to Samuel Montembeau and see – you know how that shakes out because he's still pretty young for a goaltender there, there's yeah, a possibility yeah. that he could be a guy uh to to take over that net permanently but yeah i i don't see them making the playoffs i, I see them i i see them making some trades i think it's a question of, of when not if i just want to point out to trizak i'm not the one that traded david savard matt traded david savard okay i'm just gonna make this clear because <laughs> i'm the one that that always trades the players i will say this for david savall because we've been really harsh about him and listen i'm a slave to the numbers right right like i can't look at numbers and just ignore them if they're terrible because i like a player but david savall's numbers have never been great now right now since he's returned to play he's controlling over half the shots half the expected goals that is fantastic he scored in back-to-back games the most important thing to me with savall's return has been removing Lindstrom from the lineup, and no offense to Lindstrom, but there's no way he should have been on the top pairing. Mike Matheson, his play has skyrocketed since David Savall has come. So if you're a GM looking to shore up your defense, um, they always look for guys like Savall. And when you talk about the cap going up, it's not just that. Some teams are saying that they want a little bit of security in terms of, you know, they don't want to have a pure rental. They want to have a guy that maybe wants to stick around for an extra year. Um, I know that a couple teams have inquired specifically for players, not necessarily with the Habs, but they have another year left. So, you know, if you're going to pay a lot at the deadline, some some teams want two kicks at the can. And that might be what's happening, uh, might happen with David Savard. Now, Trezak, I've traded David Savard. Earlier, I didn't. And, and I'm with you on Jake Allen, but... I'm wondering if you can get a better return from Kaden Primo. And if that's the case, Matt, like it has to be significant. But if that's the case, if we're talking about like a second round pick versus a fifth round pick, I don't hesitate to move Kaden Primo. And I understand that probably is not the most popular move, but um, we also have to be realistic. Like he's played better this year. He's still like a career 880 guy. Now, now that's harsh because he hasn't gotten the best. Like away this year, he's been excellent. At home, he's been terrible. I just don't see the need to hold on to another goalie with potential at this point. But if you're going to be selling a guy like Monaghan, if you're going to be selling a guy like Saval, then maybe, yeah, then maybe you do take that time to to kind of recoup. And, and Montalbo is not a guarantee to be dominant next year either. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how they approach this. Now, for those that don't know, Carolina Hurricanes called about Jake Allen. And the Edmonton Oilers called about Jake Allen and the New Jersey Devils called about Jake Allen. So I was actually expecting there to be a move before the holiday freeze. All hol- all rosters are locked in until the 28th. There will be no deals, no trades, no waivers. 
That's just to, they, they instilled that so that players have like a modicum of, of stability during the holidays. And uh, I thought there'd be a move beforehand, but it's, it's, it's really the, the goalie market is heating up. The issue is that it never heats up enough to get a big return. So I'm really hoping to have this move on fairly soon, but it does seem, and, and I criticize him for it. So I'm going to have to eat some crow here. It does seem like Ken Hughes played his cards right by keeping three goalies in the lineup. Is you know again I I don't know how much if it'll be worth it down the road but I will admit and I do this a lot but I'll admit I was wrong when criticizing the original three goalie uh, setup. Uh, King of the North says Holtz for Jake Allen. Yeah, sure, done, absolutely done. Done deal. <laughs> um, King of the North says I think moving moving on from Primo for is a big mistake for a fifth round pick. Yeah, yeah, we agree with that. You for know, a fifth round pick, yeah, that's yeah. nothing. Um, if if it was a second or a first, sure, I'm I'm I'm, I'm on board. Um, I, I don't know if anybody's offering that. Ah, he just no. doesn't have enough activity no get a to, first. to warrant a first. No goalie yeah, he's gets not a getting first. a first. I think he'd be lucky to get a second. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd probably take a second, but a fifth, no. So, so no, no, you 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 know what? You you hold firm, and as Mark uh, Chaknida says, Hughes has set his price and has no reason to panic right now. Well, that and I don't know for sure, but is the way that Hughes operates. He 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 doesn't ever stress out. He'll hold on to his guys forever. And I think last yeah. year kind of backfired with some of the the veterans, but it seems right now like there might be a taker on on Primo and Jakub Dobesh is playing better in Laval. They just signed, well, I forget his name, but the um he played for the Marlies last year, so they have another backup in Laval. So it's not as, Yes, well there you go. So it's not as crucial right now to get a goalie into Laval. It, it seems like the guy who was hired to do this job might know what he's doing. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I will admit yeah, I, I mean, was wrong on that one. <laughs> you know, uh, my good buddy, Jared Book, you, well, you love you're Jared. good buddies with Jared Book yeah. as well. Um, he, when we were doing our podcast together, um, he had one of the, I think the best takes on it. And he said, you know what, if you're trying to figure out what goal you, you should trade, it's whatever one gives you the best return. You went out in the draft and you drafted what three or four of them. Um, you, you got a handful of goaltenders coming up through the ranks. You trade whoever is going to get you the best return. So work the phones and figure out who's got the best return for you. Because uh, not only do you have Jakob Dobish, you got uh, Jacob Fowler, who we're going to be seeing at the World Juniors pretty soon. He looks so. You've good. got uh, Quentin, Quentin Miller, who's been fantastic in the QMJHL. He just got traded. And just to, got uh, traded Ramuski, actually yeah. to Ramuski which is a much better team than he was on the, the, the Rampard, you know, they, they, they're, they're in their Memorial cup hangover period where they kind of went all out. They won it. Uh, Patrick Roya decided I'm, I'm done with, with coaching and um, you know, they're, they're, they're having a rough season and now he gets to go to a much better team and he was already very good on a bad on a team. Bad, yeah. What's he going to look like when he's got a better defense in front of him? I think he's going to look fantastic. Um, so there's two potential options for you right there. Jakob Dobish, uh, as you mentioned, playing a little bit better in mm-hmm. Laval, there's there's options coming up through the ranks. Uh, I don't think that he needs to play it too close to the chest here. I think he should really, uh, like I said, and like Jared said, figure out who gets you the best return and then make that trade. Yeah, just that's go, it. Yeah, just go from there and and no rush. As as absolutely as everyone has, has said there, I think really Hughes played his cards pretty right. But I, I was worried because the goalie market is almost always dead. But then you had a bunch of injuries pop up. You know, stuff like Frederick Anderson, kind of a freak injury there as well. So Phoenix Copley. Yeah. And so, yeah, it seems to go well. Now, um, Bernardo Sunyi was saying, oh, so now you have to admit you're wrong on Josh Anderson. Here's what I will say, because we have to give credit where credit is due. Now, I'm not going to talk about his underlying numbers. I don't care uh, about that right now. Do you know that Josh Anderson has four 
five on five goals this year, uh, this month. And until Uri Slavkovsky and David Saval scored, uh, he was the only guy that had more than one five on five goal this year. So right now, or, or this month, so we have Josh Anderson has four five on five goals, which I guess that empty netter was five on five. I, I, I don't remember. Maybe they had a penalty, but anyways. And then you have Uri Slavkovsky with two, David Saval with two, and about 10 other guys with one. So right now, Josh Anderson is the hottest Montreal Canadiens goal scorer. How's that for how's that for a stat? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I wonder, and you know, I've I've been thinking about this for a few days now. Like, is there any chance of reviving his trade value that he apparently maybe, had last year that had maybe. people calling and and trying to throw first round picks at Kent Hughes, and he was saying no to it? Uh, I I wonder if this if if this has an effect. I mean, he scored a good goal uh, tonight, right? Just uh, a smart center lane drive just went to the net uh got a beautiful feed from sean monahan he owes sean monahan a couple of beers for that mm-hmm. one um but he's been playing better hockey and um i i, I think uh, w- with any player sometimes if you if you get into a funk you know you, you get one goal and then all of a sudden things start rolling the right way for you and i think that kind of happened for him because it's not like he was playing absolutely terrible hockey all season no um he wasn't playing good. I'm, I'm not trying to to, to be on, on the, the Josh Anderson booster club here, but um, he was playing bad. He he got <laughs> yeah. He, okay, <laughs> you're gonna say it statistically for me. Um, had the worst possession numbers in the entire NHL. I mean, there's no other way of but but it's been so much he better. He was killing like, every line that he got put on. Mur- it yeah, was yeah. was the big issue Giant for the anchor. Habs, right? Yeah, Is yeah. that you know he you put him on that line and then every time he, he drives into the offensive zone and he would take a, a really low percentage shot instead of looking for any kind of pass. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if we're going to be rude to Josh Anderson, I might as well mention there was a point in the first period where he got into the offensive zone, he cut into the middle and threw a weak, super soft backhander on net. If he passed to either one of his line mates, that would have been a goal. But hey, he's scoring and- now, so... <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna... <laughs> that's the thing right it's and again they, they don't ask how they ask how many and right now he's getting many and yeah. i i wonder <clears throat> he might is that going to make a difference in terms of his trade yes, value because absolutely he has that profile of a player that that gets gms at a bed he's got size and he can skate fast yeah. and he shoots the puck hard and as as much as hockey has has moved towards you know analytics and stuff there are still those dinosaurs that go ooh you, you tell me he's 63 guarantee oh, you there's you, a bunch you tell me how many times does he go over 20 miles per hour a, a lot like the third most in the and nhl they, actually give me that guy yeah yeah I, I, third I most in the NHL. so <laughs> i mean those are the kind of things that that get those gms out of bed and those we know those gms exist and we know that kent hughes is smart enough to take advantage of those gms so yeah. i i wonder if this production if, it, if he can if he can maintain some semblance of this production towards the deadline can they maybe recapture some of that value? I think so. Um, I think realistically, so. they probably should have made that trade last year. Yes, and that, that's what Bernardo was actually getting. talking about when I went in on that. He was talking about how missed opportunity last year. But, but Matt, <clears throat> I'm with you. It's this is a guy that takes a long time to lose his value or, or his perceived value, and will quickly gain it back. So. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the other part is that Ken Hughes really, really likes him, but we're not going to talk about, we're not going to move him out after four goals. We're going to let him score a few more, but it's another option for Ken Hughes moving forward. Um, Tav mentions Jet, Jets look good. If you just joined us from the Jets feed, they beat the Bruins 5-1. The Jets might be, and, and we're talking about, there's two teams in the West right now that are playing pretty darn well. Um, 
and, and obviously the Jets people aren't that surprised with it, but um, the Jets and the Winnipeg, uh, sorry, the Jets and the Canucks are both first in their division right now in the West. And I love that. Now I know a bunch of people are saying, Hey, it's going to fall to the ground, like, especially the Canucks, but man, I love it. And you know what else I love, Matt? Gabe Velarde is outscoring like four to one right now. <laughs> that, that might be, there's what was it's, it's um, if anyone's a hundred years old, like me and watch the old game, what was it? The end game. It's basically like they're playing Oh no, war games. And they ask the computer, you know, in a nuclear setting, what do you do? And the computer essentially says the, the only winning play is, is not to play. You know, the only winning move is not to play. And that's what Kent used it in this one. You know, offered a little bit, but he wasn't going to move off of him. And I think that non-move, just like we criticized the non-Anderson move, the non-move for Pierre-Luc Dubois was a godsend. That, that was probably yeah. Hughes' best move, was not making a move, in my opinion. Yeah, because yeah, you, you know uh, Dubois was not going to give them much of a hometown discount if no. he gave one at all it wasn't going to be a whole lot um and you, you look at his production right now on by the way you, you need to take into context he's on a very good team and he very can't produce, good team. yeah right what if he was on the halves <laughs> if, if if even you if never you take know his but, exact stat line but yeah take his exact stat line that he has right now on a good team and say he produces exactly that with the montreal Canadiens. are any of us happy with that player on this roster at that aav Absolutely not. What is it again? It's like nine go, five go, or something. Nine, nine five or what's his? Uh... Uh, is it nine? Five? I think it's nine five. Is it? Is it? Uh, it's 9. either it's eight or right now 9. he's 5. got five goals and seven assists, which is okay. He's essentially on pace for about um, twenty eight points. So slightly, he's on pace for slightly more points than your eight five. Eight five. Oof. He's on pace for slightly more points than your Slavkovsky this year, like slightly. And Slavkovsky played. Well, no, we're not going to talk about the winger that was sinking him at the beginning of the year because he had a good game. Either way, um, that was just a great non-move by Ken Hughes. And it worried me a little bit in this, in when they were really going after him. And I heard they were really interested. They even made another deal. But turns out that the offer by Ken Hughes was never that sexy, so to put it. So great work by, um, great work by, uh, by Ken Hughes avoiding that. Ian Patterson mentions here, so Stevens' play could make Monaghan expendable. Like, I don't I, I, I don't think Mitchell Stevens has a huge future with the Habs, but here's what I will say, Ian. I loved seeing Mitchell score, uh, Mitchell Stevens score, and again, it's just, maybe it's my background for spending so much time in Laval with a lot of the AHL guys, but he's a guy that shows up every damn day. He works really hard for, for the Laval Rocket. He's a coach's dream. He, he was playing first-line center at one point this year. He'll play up and down the line, lineup, power play, penalty. Like, he's he's one of those almost Alex Belzel types in the AHL, and I will always have respect for them because keep in mind, they're making 60, 70 grand a year just to have a shot. Like, he, yeah. Mitchell Stevens is going to make more this month than he made probably in the last three years in the AHL, okay, just from having NHL money. So, yeah, um, honestly, it's really uh, pretty darn pretty darn exciting for uh, for him to score that goal, right? Like, it, it's it's just a, a fantastic reward for a guy that plays very, very well in, the, in Laval. And I know I get mushy about this stuff, but I'm just a big fan of seeing him score that goal. A good goal too. You know, you win the face off, go straight to the net, uh, wait for the play to develop, and then get a tip on it. I mean, that's textbook hockey. 
Yeah. It, uh, it was a really good play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, again, a guy that just gets rewarded. Like, Merry Christmas, right? Your first goal of the house has <laughs> got to be feeling good. Okay, so we're going to get to the third segment in just one moment. If you have a chance, if everyone could like the chat, I would appreciate it. Subscribe, all that fun stuff. We love speaking with everyone in the chat. We got Ian here. We got Bernardo here. We got Kay. We got King of the North, always here. Big wrestling fan as well. Um, King of the North mentions this is, yeah, this is his best move. Kent was Kulak for Lane Hudson. Yes. Now, we actually have to thank the Maple Leafs for Lane Hudson, believe it or not. If we go back, when they traded Matt Taormina and Renat Valiev for, who was it? Who did they get? Um, no, they got Renat Valiev, and then they switched Renat Valiev for, who was it? They got him from Calgary, then he sent them back. Anyways, long story short, it was a originally Leafs trade that turned into a Calgary trade that turned into a Oilers trade that eventually got them Hudson. So three Canadian teams helped the Habs draft Lane Hudson. Not bad at all. Um, Mark, can you say Jake Evans played well for my sake as a holiday present? Okay, well then let's go see if he... No, I'm not going to go see his stats. I ignore Jake Evans' stats at all time. Here's what I will say. He's a guy that... Have you noticed that he scored in his first game that he didn't score like for 30 games and no one said anything? That's because everyone knows Jake Evans is just one of those stalwart players. He's just honest yeoman effort every night. Um, we saw him play really well today on the for a couple seconds on that second line. You know, played really well. Um, but I'm going to move off from Jake Evans, and I'm going to talk about Jesse Yelonen's 4.6 seconds on the top line. How did you think he looked for those four seconds that he was on the top line? Ooh. Um, <laughs> he had uh, an assist it, on that it was goal. A bit I mean, rough. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like the first two seconds. I, I, I thought the first two seconds were not great. Well, according to Natural Statric, he had fifty-one seconds. Oh. And um, the statistics, yeah, I, I pulled it up because you were talking about Jake Evans. So I was like, oh, let's see what what what, what were Jake Evans' stats? Yeah. So he had fifty-one seconds, and uh, yeah, they got in almost a minute. They kind of got run over. Um, but, <laughs> but. What did they do? They scored a goal. They did score a goal, did they not? Immediately. So, um, you know, uh, again, they don't ask how. They ask how many. And, uh, you know, that they, they were able to put the puck in the net. So I think uh, on, on one hand, yeah, it worked. Uh, on, on the other hand, you know, I, I think they've got their top line uh, figured out. Yeah. Um, the one thing that does bug me with uh, Elanen is I, I wish they would give him more opportunities to, to to get a little bit more creative offensively like having him on the fourth line is kind of silly he's not a fourth line player yeah same thing with Heinemann, right it's like it, it, it's a roster construction thing yeah. but i'm with you yeah it's not great that's what i said before the game i said you know listen give me take you all armia down to the fourth line right this is a guy that you already put on waivers once you've already made it quite clear that he's not part of the future of this team but you're stuck with him because nobody wants to take that contract so either move Heinemann up onto that third line and bring armia down to the fourth uh, or move Elanen up to that third line yeah. and bring Armia down to the fourth. Mm -hmm. One way or another, bring Armia down to the fourth. And then what really bothered me was when Cole Caulfield missed a little bit of time in the second period there, um, they sent Armia up to the top line on the power play. They put him on the first unit. It's like, what are you doing? Give that opportunity to Jesse Elanen. You didn't, the, he yeah. has a very good shot. Um, might, 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 might be the second the, best on the team, actually, like. It, it might be the best, yeah. second best in the team. And behind who? Behind Cole Caulfield. And Cole Caulfield has been struggling to find opportunities in the power play because everybody knows that he's going to shoot. Yeah. So as soon as that top unit goes out, everybody's just keying on him. They're just staying in his lane. And uh, they're, they're staying tight, tight on, not, not tight enough where he can actually 
um, exploit anything, but, but tight enough to stop him from actually taking some of the looks that might be available to him. I think if they gave another shot to that unit like Jesse Elanen, mm-hmm. it might make a difference. It might open up some opportunities for Caulfield. But of course, they're sending out Ar- Armia. Uh, you know, I, I do love Martin St. Louis as a coach. Um, I've, I've, I've liked what he's brought. I, I've liked the, the style of play that they're playing has been a breath of fresh air to what we've seen in previous years. Yeah. But that was one decision that, that really irked me. It's like, we're, we're giving an opportunity to a guy who has not done anything to deserve it. Um, I thought he played a pretty brutal game. I thought that penalty that he took. Oh, the and and yesterday, another bad penalty. Silly. Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of contact there, but there's no reason for you to sit on the goaltender like that. Just like be a little bit more aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You're a professional hockey player. Um, I, I don't know. That, that just irked me a little bit. Um, Jesse Elam, I think, deserved that shot. I think they should be trying to give him more shots. Um, you know, we're, we're not really in a position where anybody's caring all that much, other than the players, of course, about wins and losses. Right. Yeah. So use some of those young players. Right. We, we've already seen it with Slavkowski in the top line. It's 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 given great returns. Takes a while, but do yeah. some of that with a guy like Elon in as well. Right. He's yeah. there. You might as well, you know, put him in a position to succeed uh, instead of just burying him on the fourth line. I yeah. don't know. I, um, I, I've liked his game so far. Uh, me too. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't like him on the top line so much in that short one, even though they scored. I didn't love it. But um, overall, I like his game. Yeah, and um, what <laughs> saying St. Louis is vibrating with rage right now. Yulinen uh, will get five minutes of ice time for insolence. He's <laughs> Kay says he's crying, throwing up. Hey, I, I will say this. I think it's more of a roster construction issue right now that you just, like, you're already kind of having an experiment with with, um, with Slavkovsky. I mean, it's, it's going well, but um, you have that second line is starting to churn along, like to churn a little bit. You don't really want to mess with that Anderson scoring. So like, you know, when you try to fix something and it seems to be fixed, you leave it alone, you know? So yeah. I, I'm yeah. with, and King of the, I believe it was King of the North I mentioned. And I mentioned this before the game, but I, so I agree. Heinemann, Monaghan, Yulinen would be such a fun combination because they, uh, you know, you have a guy that's great in transition and you have two guys that need a little more space. So it talk, speaks to what you were talking about earlier on the power play. Um, that would be a fun combination. But hey, there's time. As, and, and well, unless someone offers a lot for Monaghan, but they'll, they'll go for now. They're already doing a few experiments. You know, they can't push their luck too, too much. Okay, so we're going to jump into the third segment. So let me know what you have, what you want. The players to get for Christmas. Bernardo's saying, I just want Yudinin to get a thumbs up from Marty for Christmas. <laughs> like, and now I'm picturing that Yudinin doesn't even get a, a bench in the locker room. Like, they, they bring out like a metal chair, you know, when you used to go to your grandma's at Christmas. Um, listen, yeah. I, 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 I'm sure we're, we're just being impatient right now. Um, but Martin Sinoui, despite, and I have a lot, I, I'm not as excited about him as perhaps Matt is, but I will say this is that he does seem to have a bit of a grasp or a pretty good gauge to how quickly to throw these guys into, you know, the hot water. Now say what you will about the development last year for Slavkovsky. We can just forget that completely. But this year we saw that he got brought up at the right time. So I'm going to put a little faith into Martin Saint-Louis, even though it's funny because now I'm defending him. I'm the one who brought this up. I complain about you more than anyone else, but uh, we're going to have to give him a chance to, uh, you know, to just familiarize himself a little bit. And and, and right now, as you mentioned, through all of this, Martin St. Louis trying to win games. We're thinking about in five years, Martin St. Louis thinking about his next contract, right? So we have to balance that. Uh, we have to balance with 
you know what we expect and what we're going to see claire mentions i'd love to see that line as well for i'm guessing it's about the um the andrews or the uh saint louis uh, geez you didn't in line with monahan and heineman again don't hold your breath claire just because it's not healthy but also we're gonna we're gonna have to be a little patient with that uh trinka says nice jersey matt what is that what do you got there is it a price jersey or, or a roi jersey does it say patrick is that's not a p for patrick right Behind me? Yeah. No, there's Price, and uh, I also have Koivu. I don't know if you guys can even Well, I think I see Jean Beliveau more than anything. but I got Drouin over here. I got Subban over here. I've got uh, uh, Gallagher in the closet. Uh, I've got <laughs> I have a lot. Of, I have way too many jerseys. I don't... Uh, I, also, I don't have enough. I need to get more. You know what's funny? Because I kind of stopped buying jerseys when I started working in hockey, but I still have... Like, I'm looking about... At about 100 jerseys. I, I, I wish I could get back into uh, my collection. As Kay mentions, yeah, this is the only, she said, nice shirt. This is the only thing I kept from the Habs. Because I'll be honest, it's garbage. All their stuff, like the, oh, I, sorry, the team I used to work for doesn't produce great product. Fanatics is just, c'est de la merde there. But I did keep this and the, um, they had the First Nations design one, which was the orange, which was just beautiful beautiful stuff so i don't e i i don't even think i would get hired by the team because i have the logo tattooed on my chest yeah um so they'd probably think i'm a fanatic and they'd be like you're not <laughs> getting in the building uh i'm surprised they even let me in the building when i got the media pass to go with city news um because you know we know they, they look at some of the stuff that i oh yeah love me. oh they but, know who yeah yeah they knew who eyes in the prize were i'll tell you that much that's uh when I first when I first went up, it was Donald Beauchamp, right? And I was working at the time with Metro as well. So Metro doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I walked up and he essentially like cornered me and he's like, listen, this is not gonna be for Eyes on the Prize. You know that, right? And I was like, Yeah, of course not. But he's like, if I see anything on Eyes on the Prize from what you did tonight, you're gonna be in trouble. So it's a little bit better now, but yeah, it's uh they weren't always um, oh, you know, we spoke the truth. It's as simple as that. They didn't love that. Yeah. Okay, so um what do we have this? King of the North. It's not for a player, but can I give Stefan Rabida his flowers for Christmas? These young D-man getting rolled out like stallions. You know, I agree. Now, if it wasn't for the Habs having three goalies in the top 32 for goals saved above expected, I don't know if we'd be singing the same tune. Now, what I will say is that we're seeing those glaring... Like, Justin Barron made that glaring mistake today, but we're seeing much fewer of those. How many two-odd-man rushes tonight, Matt? Like two, maybe three for the Blackhawks? Yeah, but well, how many of those were Justin Barron missing? <laughs> yeah, the and the, but there's usually like he cannot hold the line to save his life. There's usually fifteen of those, right? So <laughs> they they no, not just from Justin Barron. I'm talking from everyone. So I uh, thought you meant Justin <laughs> Barron. <laughs> People from Halifax right now are like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> no, um, he's, he's pretty bad at the offensive blue line. But but yeah, I, I get what you mean. You know, you know what I will say to defend him because this is the same thing as I said for PK Subban now. You know what? Statistically, he's actually on pace for like a very similar rookie year as Subban with less minutes. Um, and if you look at his AHL production, very similar to Subban. Now, when puck moving defensemen make mistakes, it's glaring, right? And in our brain, when we're watching these games, okay, so there's 10,000 data points happening at all times, right? Our brain, especially not mine, can't record the whole thing. So what it does is there's something called availability heuristic. And what your brain does is that it like, okay, I remember that Justin Barron falling. I remember Justin Barron losing the puck here. But you don't remember the five or six times he cleared the zone with control, right? Because that's just what it's supposed to be. Right. So I feel like he gets a bit of a bad rap because of that. However, that's two games in a row where he's seeing some pretty brutal. Like, 
you know, the, the Habs actually take more chances, more shots, have more scoring chances when he's on the power play than Matheson. But defensively, it's a bit of an issue. So I think we're going to have to be a little patient with Justin Barron. Yeah, and to, to, to the point of, you know, bringing up all these young defensemen in general, I think it's honestly a good thing because they have they have an abundance of defensemen. I think they, you know, we, we, we everybody focuses on, on making trades when it comes to the goaltenders, right? Yeah. Because they've got three goaltenders and that's a little bit uh, abnormal. They need to move some defensemen. Do they? they need to make some like, space on that. I think so. Because they're not going to all turn not, out. It's though. not pressing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, they're good, not all going to turn out. You're I right. agree. It's not pressing, but it's not you, pressing. You can, it's you not can dip like... into the reserve. Yes. Exactly. You can dip into the reserves a little bit and say, all right, we're going to move somebody. Right. I mean, um, Logan Mayu scored a really nice goal uh, for the Rocket tonight. Actually, he scored a knuckle puck. Uh, he had a puck coming to him, rolling on its side. Mighty Duck style. Clapped it. Top Ched. <laughs> like nothing and with velocity too mighty duck style uh, knuckle puck and you know he's a guy that uh, he's got some work to do on his defensive game but offensively he's a dynamo and uh we, we've seen what Jaden struble's done Jaden struble was not a guy i don't think anybody i have not seen anybody that legitimately predicted that he was going to come up mm-hmm. and play meaningful nhl minutes no. and look at what he's doing um they, they have an abundance of defensemen, so they can afford to make some moves there. Again, it's not pressing. And I think this parade of, of young defensemen that have been coming up and, and playing some minutes in the organization has been um, has been really beneficial. Uh, Arbor Jacka also, he scored a really nice goal uh, tonight for the Laval Rocket as well. Um, you can go to Scott Matla's Twitter account if you haven't seen the highlights of that game. He's got all the highlights from the Rocket, and you'll see he scored a really nice a ripper. And this is another guy that... He's, he was playing a lot of minutes for the Habs already, and then he goes down after his injury, and he's playing very well down there. It's like they, they have an, almost an embarrassment of riches at the point right now, but they're all just young, they, the and they're undeveloped. Yeah. And so when they come up, there's going to be mistakes, right? So myself, I, I feel like I almost owe an apology to Justin Bear. I've been a little bit harsh to him on, on Twitter at times because uh, he's made a lot of mistakes. But I think that's part of the game right now for the Habs is, is letting some of those guys, those young guys come up, make some of those mistakes and figure out, you know, what can they do? What can't they do? And then eventually at some point, that's where Kent Hughes is going to be able to pull the trigger yeah. uh, and, and maybe make a deal involving some defensemen. Um, and I think it'll be for the betterment of, of the rebuild because they've got so many and, and we know everybody's excited about Lane Hudson. At some point he's going to come up and he's going to do wonderful. No, he's going to sign this summer. Show. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be surprised if he. No, I guarantee it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, oh, and... I'm losing power here. Damn it! I forgot to plug my. Okay, you keep talking. I'm gonna go get my my power. Okay. This is really awkward, Matt. Keep talking for about thirty seconds. I gotta plug in my computer. <laughs> no worries. I'm taking over the show. So, um, yeah, the the parade of young defensemen is honestly, it's, it's a great thing for the organization. You get to try out as many people as possible, find out what they can do, and then you can make a trade after the fact. Uh, again, I already mentioned earlier the, the possibility of, trade, of trading David Sabar, which at the beginning of the season, like in in the training camp, it, it would have seemed crazy to send a guy like David Sabar anywhere because what are you going to do on defense at that point? You would have gone, well, we got a gigantic hole that we just created by trading our, our most veteran defender. Um, who has Stanley Cup experience and everything. And now, when we get to this point, now that he's returned from injury, it seems 
logical to trade David Savard, where in the preseason, it was like, we can't possibly get rid of him because the team is going to be kneecapped to the point of absolute unwatchability. And now we've seen what some of the young defensemen do. And it's like, well, we could do without him and we could afford to trade a guy like that. So I think, again, long roundabout way to, to re-answer the question. It's a fantastic thing for the organization to see this many young defensemen playing minutes uh, this season. And uh, I, I look forward to more, honestly. I'd like to see them give uh, Logan Mayu a shot at some yeah. point. Uh, I, I'd, li- I'd like to see him play some NHL minutes just just to see what he can do. You know, we've, we've seen him in Laval. I want to see him up there. And I'd say the same thing for the forwards. I've been screaming about this all year. Joshua, Joshua Wett in the NHL at some <laughs> point. It. That's my Christmas... You, you guys, you asked. He'll, he'll be here after the Habs for Christmas. Yeah. That's what I want for Christmas. He'll be here me. after the deadline. I want to see. Like, I, that's the way I look at it. You're probably right. Tanner Pearson, if he's healthy, he's going to be gone. Then you have, oh, by the way, Kay's heading out. I think I saw that earlier before I had to run out and professionally go get my power. You know what? I did that once while I was doing a live with, it was a Stanley Cup thing for like a private with, um, who was it? G- G- uh, not Guy Lafleur, but there was like a bunch of Habs legends. And right through the whole thing, I was like, God damn it. I have to go leave. So I like snuck under and I got my power. Clearly, I learned my lesson. Um, Kay's leaving, so we say bye to Kay. Um, I'm with you on that, on the whole, you know, you're getting some depth and you can use it. But the only thing I'd like to say is we got to be careful with saying the Habs are set defensively. Because do you remember, and we were both voting on the um, top 25, under 25. We had, there was Magnus Nygren. There was um, Darren Dietz. There was Jared Tenorti. Dalton Thrower. There was Dalton Thrower. There was Matt Ellis. There was Greg Patteron. There was Nathan Beaulieu. And the Habs were set forever. Mm. You know, so again, I don't want to... Uh, I didn't... I, I didn't say set. I said they have okay, seemingly an embarrassment yeah. of riches. That's, and that and, is true. Um, and, and it's a good you know, position it, to have them at. And especially, Matt, like, we, okay, right-handed defenseman, always worth more. Even if Logan Mayu doesn't make make yes. it this year you can probably get a good value for him on the trade market same thing with uh oh, yeah. with Eggstrom or uh even we saw William Trudeau which I was just praising him to the high heavens to start the year and he had a rough start tonight looked very good so yeah and Sean Farrell came back from injury boom scored got an assist um you know so we're seeing a little bit better in Laval. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's, King of the North is mentioning Chris Weidman. Do you know what? Go to the NHLPA website. Chris Weidman right now is opening a chain of salons with his wife. So he like she, she, they started a business during the pandemic, and now they're just expanding. So good for him, man. He's living the good life. And I'll tell you right now, nicest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. Like when he says he's just happy to be here, he's absolutely not lying like he would be paying to play hockey if he if you know if he had to so chris weidman is just one of those genuinely great guys okay i think we're going to wrap it up shortly again i'm going to beg everyone to throw a like we've been running for what about um about an hour now so that's why you know what i thought we could get through with my power but uh, clearly much like the house power play this year ineffective I will say this um, before we go on. And first of all, I want to thank Matt. So I'm going to go grab his Twitter account real quick and put it in the chat. But I, it's not just Matt that I want to thank. I want to thank all our amazing guests uh, that have joined us this year. And we're really lucky that we have such a huge group of people that we can pick from. Um, obviously, you know, they're all very important. But what's, oh, I was about to link the 
the, the, the Zoom chat that we're on, Matt, I was about to invite absolutely everyone to join us. But um, it would be, we would be nothing without everyone that's in the chat every night. Like, I, I, I know I go on and on about this, but uh, we're just really so, so lucky to, um, to, be, to be here and to have everyone here. So Ian, Trinka, King of the North, Kay, Trizak, all our good friends, um, you know, the, I mentioned them at the start of the show. I don't want to leave everyone out. Frédéric Wallet's always here. Melissa, always here as well. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate Bernardo has been here all, all. And he's keeping me honest about Anderson. So I like that. Um, and uh, I, I, I really just appreciate everyone. Honestly, it means so much to us because we're not always having our best shows. So, you know, you're here no matter what. And obviously, Claire, you know, she missed a few, but I'm going to I'm going to forgive her for that one. So we'll be back on the 28th. So what's happening is I'm going to head down to Ontario for a little while. I'm going to go visit my godson. And because um, he called me the other day, I I always go down to Ontario to visit some family and stuff. And he called me and he was just crying. And he said, hey, like, you know, I, I had just been there a month before. And he said, I want you to come play Twitch with me. So or not Twitch. Um, what do you call it? Switch, the Nintendo Switch. So I, I melted. I don't know how you, you have three kids, right, Matt? Yeah, each how, one of them has the Nintendo Switch. How do you, also, yeah, except for the youngest? How do you how do you do anything when they start crying? Like I just I'm like here, like I'm giving them money and like here, you want some treats? Like I, I how do you deal with that, man? Well, um, it depends why they're crying, right? If there's blood, then I've got things that I need to do. If there's no blood, then it's uh, you know you, you got to convince them that they're that they're overreacting. Yeah, well, and, well, uh, when they drop, it works sometimes. It does. When they dropped me off at the train station, it was his mom, and um, I just like you know I said bye, and he was crying, and I'm like, no, you'll be tough, buddy, you'll be tough. I walked in the train station, and just like rah, I started pouring. So, anyways, I'm happy I'm going to get to go see Felix, my awesome godson. Um, Matsu Barrett mentions enjoy the holidays. Hey, yeah, I want to extend that to everyone. A Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone that do not celebrate Christmas. Obviously, as per usual, we love everyone here, and we're really, really lucky to have you. So, Andrew's going to take the 28th. I'm going to convince him to take the 30th as well. He doesn't know it yet. Uh, then I'll be back on New Year's Eve. So we're going to do our usual. Last year we did just me and, and everyone for New Year's Eve. We're going to do that again. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to keep it quick because I know some of you have social lives. I don't. But uh, I'll see you all again. It should be the 30th. I'm going to say the 31st again. Andrew doesn't know, but I'm going to beg him to take over my shift so I can go play Nintendo Switch with my with my godson. And you know what? I think that's the right decision. What do you think, Matt? It's a good call. You know, um, you, you only get uh, one chance with uh, kids being young. I just took my uh, my youngest son to California recently, took him to Legoland. Oh. I got no reason to go to Legoland, but he had an absolutely you, you loved it. time. So, you loved it. Um, yeah, well, I, I loved it because he loved it. And, uh, you know, seeing him in, enjoy it that much was uh, was Amazing. incredibly valuable to me. So I'd say the same thing for you playing Nintendo Switch with your godson, you know. Uh, maybe you don't feel like playing Nintendo Switch, but sometimes you could play Nintendo Switch with him, and and maybe it makes your life, you know, your 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 moment That's what it is. that much better just to, to to be with him and to and to have that time. So I always say it's for him. I'll be honest, it's good for me as well, right? <laughs> so so absolutely. Except for he dominated me dominated me once at Mario Kart. Now I won't get over that. So um, yeah, <laughs> Bernardo says. Yulinin should try the tactic with Martin said we call him up start crying say he wants to play Nintendo Switch with him it might work all right thank you actually I live apparently Martin said we when he played for the St. John Flames lived in my house that I live in right now does your garage door have puck marks all over it or 
it's there's a couple of dents in it but um like I, I don't know. I, I was told by somebody else who lives here. They said really? that, that that's the house that he lived in when he played for the St. John Flames. Not bad. And I'm like, cool. So now I'm just, I'm going with it. I don't, I don't know if it's true. If you mean, you mean when the Calgary Oscar Flames decided day. to waive one of the best players of all time in the NHL? Yeah, was that, that was... yeah. yeah. And they uh, made one of the biggest mistakes known to hockey. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. We're going to see you all soon. Uh, we're going to see Mathieu, Frédéric, Claire, Trinka, and everyone else, Trezak and King of the North, NK, and all our favorite, favorite people soon. Make sure to like, share the chat. If you like what you see, you can talk about it on social media. Um, and if not, that's fine too. I want to wish everyone a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We're going to see you again, like I told you. Andrew doesn't know it yet, but he's going to take over the 30th game for me as well. So I will see you on New Year's Eve. And in the meantime, we're going to end it the same way we always end it. Uh, Bye, Claire. Bye.